teaching emus to fly since 2005. You're listening to the MEP Report. Let my home back in Omaha. See if I can make it out in the world. And I got as far as Wichita. Suddenly I wasn't sure anymore Lost all my friends in Los Angeles And I'm not welcome in New York But I must stop back in Omaha Where the fans, they always crying out for Alright, welcome to Metaphor number 45, August 30th, 2006. (laughs) What's going on everybody out there in the world of podcast land and all those of you who listen to these shows? What's going on? A lot. Going yeah. on. I'll answer on behalf of everyone. I was just gonna say, There's I was like, going on and people on the show. Don't Hello. kid yourself. <laughs> Don't kid yourself. Or else, it's not happening. Why would you do this? Yeah. This is leisure time. Leisure time exactly. is not chock full of activity. Right. I so see. relax. True. Look at that Sit guy back. across from you in the subway car, who's really Put creepy. The gun down and move on with your day. <laughs> um, I just want to share this. There's really no segue. It's something that I've been meaning to say on a lot of shows for a long time, and I think it's an interesting fact. Okay. You know, we're, we're calling ourselves the Transcontinental Conversation Podcast, and we haven't really branded that as much as I'd like to. We, I've been busy on trips. But the thing is, is not only are we Transcontinental, but the three of us, this is 45 shows now, the three of us, Greg, Ross, and myself, have never been in the same location for a moment. That's true. Since the map report began. We've we've been doing this almost a year now, getting up on a year, and we have I have seen Greg in person. Greg has seen Russ in person. I have seen Russ in person. We have never all three of us been hanging out together other than online. But that's in true. real life never since the show began. I just think that's interesting. I thought it's related to know. a pact that we made where we said that we would never do that again. Has kept us apart. I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Too many people got hooked on drugs that crazy year. <laughs> we could never let it happen again. <laughs> it's true. We did used to live together for a full year, but have never too much meth. seen each other since. That's true. All together. In fact, I'm not sure we've ever. This is even beyond the show. I'm not sure we've ever even hung out together, all three of us, since we moved out of living in the same apartment for a solid year. Is that true? Can no, that's true. You, you me, and Andy did story. I think story. that's true. You, me, and Andy did, and yeah, Russ, Clea, and myself that's have, true. and stuff like that. But yeah, it's true. Not, not the and whole. And you group. and Clea have hung out at least. Yeah, once Clea and I have hung out a little bit. Yeah, once in a while. That's right. Well, that's good. I'm yeah. glad you guys are keeping in touch. That's yeah. important. Well, yeah, you know, we had we had a we had, there was <laughs> but, a time when we thought thought of each other as friends, and and so you know we thought it was important to to keep connected. Yeah. So. Yeah, I remember that day though, the day when we all decided, you know, the moving day, where we all went our separate ways. The gravity of that day was very appropriate. It wasn't that sort of false, you know, overdramatic, melodramatic type thing. It was, like, real. We would never, that moment would never happen again (laughs) so far. (laughs) It would never happen again. A year before, (sighs) you and I had this very big gravity-filled goodbye where we mapped at each other, and we thought, and I really thought at that time that it might be one of the last times that I saw you for any significant period of time in years. And yet, the next huh. year we lived together. Do you remember this? You would just I help, don't me, I do. help me move. I think oh, it was, uh, you weren't there. Right? Oh, uh, no, you, I remember oh. you telling me the story, though. I remember you telling me the On story. On campus. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. possible. But, like, uh, I think either maybe Nikki was there or somebody was there yeah. with us. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, she and was there. And it was this whole, like, emu ceremony. Oh. It was like the goodbye of the <laughs> emus, the parting of the emus. And then we would go on to live together the next year, see each other in many occasions in each other's hometowns, and do a podcast together. Do you guys remember when I pitched the... So. the uh, the map house to you guys. I actually, Russ was relatively yeah. easy, but I had to, I, I had to bring a story. I had to bring it to an IHOP. I did. It's true. It's on there. I should move it over to the map report website too, because I actually, here's a little plug on the blue pyramid. If you can find it, there is a remembering the map house webpage, which I should clearly just cross post on the map report of yes, all really. of these things about the map house and, and the foundations of who we are and how we know each other. And, 
I had to bring Story to an IHOP yeah. to convince him. Story was like, I don't want to do it. I'm like, all right, I'll take you to an IHOP. He's like, all right, you sold IHOP. me. And I was Bye. like, I'll do anything you want. <laughs> Just feed me IHOP. Like, how many people know Go! about IHOP? Do you think everybody does? I don't think I don't people know. outside of America know about IHOP. It's well, International House of Pancakes, which I think is odd because well, it's international. the international part. They yeah. know about it worldwide. It's international. But they know do about they? it everywhere. <laughs> I heard one was hit uh, yeah. by an Israeli missile because uh, it was shielding some brown people who were trying to have pancakes or something. <laughs> oh, They're like, wait, is that Did blue? Yeah. That? No, it's orange roof. Oh. I don't, I don't I know why I shut that up. So I went on a trip this weekend. I crossed the country. Yeah. I was drove this on the, the uh, hair-raising emu dance to the Kia? You say emu goodbye? Yes, it was. It's true. The Kia got its emu ceremony. It's not far. My parents have it again now. The Kia that, I, as I talked about earlier, was, was hit by the potential milk lady, if you remember a couple of shows ago. So, uh -huh. yes, we took the Kia back across the country, or half the country, to Albuquerque. Said goodbye to that. Uh, almost said goodbye to the Kia and uh, my uncle and my dad on these hair-raising roads. They have these roads in Colorado where there are hairpin turns over like 500 to 1,000 foot drops, literal 500 to 1,000 foot drops with no guardrail. Well, who would need a guardrail? What modern invention of guardrail is necessary? <laughs> that would be silly. And there's at least a like three-foot shoulder. And probably not even quite. Yeah, probably three feet. Three-foot shoulder, no guardrail, just out there on the edge. You know, for no reason. So that was really fun, and I had no idea that that was coming. And we just, like, drove through one town in Colorado and started driving up a hill, and then suddenly I was over this crazy embankment that led to doom and death, guaranteed. What? Wow. I was like, great, that's fun. And my dad was like, you can go faster than this. The speed limit, the one good thing about this, the reason that you don't hear about 50 people a day dying in this situation, is that the speed limit in the area is uh, 25. So you do have to go slowly, as you'd expect on a hairpin turn with an overlook. But uh, <laughs> still, you know, I was, I was going about 17 most of the way. I was, okay. I was a little concerned for my well-being. And my dad was like, oh, you can go 30. Come on, you can go 30. This is fine. And it's also in the Kia, which, you know, is a car that on a normal flat road wants to pitch over and, you know, turn itself over into the nearest ditch. It just Although, constantly is secretly, I just say, while you're driving it, whispering to you, turn over, turn over, roll, <laughs> exactly. roll, like, but, you know, all the time. So, but I should just say one yeah, thing about the Kia. Well, two things. First of all, I'm amused that Story probably has the only, like, father-son relationship in history where their father encourages him to drive faster. Like, no, son, you're not being dangerous <laughs> enough. Please That's run go faster today. I mean, my parents, you know. to be fair, in all ways, my parents are more, are more socially liberal than I am. I am by far, like, the anomalous social conservative amongst my parents in many, many regards. In, like, you know, personality regards, not politically per se, but... Right. Eh, probably more so politically too. So that's but that's none too surprising. That was the first thing that yeah. I said. And the second thing was there's there's a little side story to this Kia, which is there was a point where Story believed that his Kia as a quote four by four would have great snow traction. Yes. And we actually had this experience when we were going to North Americans in Montreal, where I was the deputy chief adjudicator, and our friend Jeff Nelson and myself, and I think uh, Jordan was in that car, drove up in a Lincoln Continental, provided for us kindly by the tournament, while Story said to us, you have no chance of making it there. Fortunately, I have a Kia, which is, as he, as he said again, a 4x4. Fast forward to our return from Montreal, when said Kia got stuck somewhere in a snowbank <laughs> while the Lincoln Continental no. sailed on to glory. But I thought you said you did get stuck somewhere, didn't you? No, did you get stuck I in the, the snowbank? No, I I did. I mean, your story is not far off. I did lose complete control of the car twice. Oh, but luckily, I, but I didn't get stuck did for you, any significant. You lost control four now, by I four times a bit, though, right? Died. But no, I mean, I did lose. I lost complete control of the vehicle twice. Fortunately, it went. There was so much snow everywhere that like it couldn't have possibly done any damage. It was like all you hit is snow. There's snow in every direction. <laughs> Skid off the wrong way. Skid in the wrong direction. Snow, snow. <laughs> Safe snow was everywhere. So it went right right into a thick snow bank. There was no even you know damage. No denting. You could just, I, like the snow was sufficient to stop the car that was out of control and didn't dent anything. There was nothing underneath the snow except more snow. That's true. Enough to stop the car going like 40 miles an hour. It was awesome. That's true. Twice on two separate occasions. And John Birnbaum in the back almost had a heart attack. 
twice. It was great. Oh Andy God. was oh in the God. front seat with me. A- Andy was fine. Andy didn't really mind. Shockingly. Andy was unfazed. I was not particularly phased, although I was a little concerned that I had control of this vehicle. But both times that I went into the spin, I was just like, okay, there's nothing I can do about this. Let's just try to slow down. You know. <laughs> but so you didn't turn fine. over, though, and either then, time. Uh, no, not at all, because there was too much snow in the way. I mean, the snow was built up like 10 feet. It was great. This was a trip, by the way, that, like, we were going to Montreal from Boston in a complete blizzard. Yeah. And going through Vermont and New Hampshire, where these, like, grizzled old snow veterans in Vermont and New Hampshire running these gas stations, we'd, like, stop every 50 hey, miles. Is that a 4x4 four four Kia? Ice. <laughs> I'd seen one yeah. of those since 1994 <laughs> when it was, yeah. They didn't do that, but they did laugh at us because uh, we were, like, stopping to scrape the ice off of the windshield, and there was just ice because the snow would be falling, and then it would all turn into ice immediately because you were going 60 miles an hour. And then we'd stop to scrape the ice off, and they'd be like, how far are you going? Burlington? And we're like, uh, Mon- Montreal. They're like, it's this weather! You know, and these people <laughs> thought we were totally ridiculous. Ah. Totally ridiculous. Yeah. Pretty much. Meanwhile, in the Lincoln so. Continental, it was like... You actually had snow melting on the... Uh, it was the girl from Ipanema was actually... Yeah, exactly. the Copa Cabana. Well, no, what it yeah. was is that the car the was so Copa ridiculously Lincoln heavy. Lincoln Continental. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it was so ridiculously heavy <laughs> that the car just like, you right. know, the snow was like, oh my God, it's a Lincoln Continental. I better go find that Kia I saw a couple hours ago. Like, there, there was just nothing. It couldn't adhere to the car. Like, it only got, it got like 15 gallons to the mile. But like, if you could get past the fuel efficiency part, you know, it was, it was, yeah. It was ridiculous. It was exactly, it felt, this is what it was like to be a livery driver in New York, where they all drive Lincoln Continentals, I concluded. Russ, you here? I'm, I'm Russ, here. Come to the, come to the first You're window. telling a story, man. Your fries Dude are right. is telling a story. You're like a child no, that fine. walks in in the middle of a movie and, shut up, Donnie. I feel like there are movies I shouldn't have fallen asleep in to understand that reference. You have seen The Big Lebowski, right? That's okay. Because you and Russ share the same brain, so if you happen... It was one of two or maybe three movies in my entire life that was so dull that it put me to sleep. Oh, my God. It was... That's so funny. That's Russ's favorite movie movie ever. I've seen it a long time. M-G. Okay, I'll I'll be silent while you two go at it. Ready, go. Please don't tell me this. I'm just saying... I'm just saying. I mean, I really, I never fall asleep in movies. I almost never fall asleep in life. But that movie put me to sleep. It was really lame. It was lame? Lame? I mean, I'm just waiting to hear what Russ has to say. I mean, mean, the problem is, the problem is that I can see why this is, because drug references are so lost on story that he doesn't find them in any way entertaining. So the main character being basically a 60s hipster who responds to like a murder mystery, which is a very funny premise, story could care less about. He's just like, why don't you do it sober? You'll be more effective at it. And I'm like, but it's funny. And it's like people on drugs, great. Movies lost like going to another lame party. But I is have it to the drug it references that you it's like, though? For us, or just everything about the movie? Not Don't you just like everything ever? I think the dialogue is unparalleled, almost, as far as comedy dialogue. The way that they repeat lines, the repetition, the themes that come back. It's, it's geniusly written. Like the Coen brothers, for guys who have no association whatsoever with drugs at all, they did a tremendous job in creating this funny <laughs> story about, you know, about essentially a, a stoner. And so stoners I mean, love the movie. People who everyone loves the bowling. movie that likes, and it's all about That's bowling. True. I mean, I can't bowling. imagine anything yeah. about the movie that I don't like. I love Jeff Bridges. The the Jeff Bridges on weed character is probably the best character he's ever played in a movie. The bowling, the White Russians, everything just speaks Jesus, to me. Jesus, don't this forget movie. Jesus. Things that I love. I don't matter to Jesus. Yeah, the character, the Jesus, is John Turturro had about. 30 seconds of screen time in this movie, and he somehow depicted, like, the most memorable character ever in any movie of all time in 30 seconds. It was amazing. Most and you don't see any of this, huh, Story? was not a major character in a movie ever. My job is totally to start fights. So, uh, Story, you don't see this, do you? Yeah. I mean, you know, bowling is cool, but it's, like, some of the dumbest things people have ever done around bowling. I mean, I don't know. I probably didn't even see all the bowling parts. I mean, I fell asleep in it fairly quickly. It was really not entertaining. <laughs> It really wasn't. It's, I get uh, it's all now. a West Coast. This is so up your it's alley. It's a West Coast no thing, intended. I know. Like, it's about, know. the whole movie's about California living and like how people are. I, it, more Southern California. No, it's but. A, it, yeah, it's about stereotypes and probably yeah. some truths about SoCal. But that has nothing of interest. Great. Oh. See how you've been maligned by everybody else all your life. More maligning in a movie. <laughs> oh. Yay. 
funny. I would think you wouldn't yeah, have a problem with them aligning SoCal, though. Story. I would. I would think you'd be fine with that. If they, if it took place top in San Francisco three. or like the Absolutely. Bay Area, you'd be pissed off. But you know. Well, the problem is, is fine, that so many people who don't pay attention and think that all states are supposed to be like two feet by three feet wide, you know, expect that like SoCal is California, and they just say California because they don't understand there's more space there than any state in the East Coast between us. So. I think it's more just that East Coasters just pay attention yeah. to the part of California that matters, that's all. Oh, no! He oh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's uh, more like... I'm just kidding. Yeah, there's a lot of state, <laughs> but it's like saying Alaska is a huge state. Yeah, it's true, but there are only three people there, so you can only stereotype <laughs> so much of what yeah. goes on in Alaska. Right, right. So Except either you're going to stereotype more... San Francisco or you're going to stereotype L.A. You're not going to stereotype the empty desert. So you yeah, except something. there's no empty desert between here and there. Well, there's, there's not much Sacramento stereotyping, for instance, right? Yeah, there, what do you, right? Or you can make the movie there's sideways, like, okay? You can you can stereotype wine right, vineyards, but that's say, about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's all and the huge agricultural center with millions of people. But yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah, that would make cool. a great movie. That's a good point. Hey, Russ, I mean, between Sideways and The Big Lebowski, what's the better movie? Because these are two movies that Story dislikes intensely, and I'm, you know... I, I, I have like a, a Sideways strong... Intensely. You dislike Sideways. That's true. I do dislike it intensely. I was very neutral on it. I have a strong emotional tie to The Big Lebowski. Every time I've seen it, I've had a tremendous amount of fun because I've always had fun people around watching the movie. We've always had a fantastic time. This is not, I mean, it's, it's like my Disneyland, to re- reference the last <laughs> So episode. we need Story like, to have you the watch the movie so Story can be like, I these totally, people are retarded. What's wrong with these people? I'm what the totally, hell are they doing, stupid bullying? I can even yeah, that's see. That's pretty like, much accurate, actually. That's right. The that's movie really true. definitely <laughs> slows down in the second half. I can totally see where someone can fall asleep, but I have such an irrational exuberance about the movie because of all of the references <laughs> coming together, the writing, the comedy, the uh, drug references. I, I, I can't say anything bad about it. Irrational I love it exuberance. It, I love it. It beats the crap but a sideways sideways is funny but it's not like life-changing funny which big lebowski is so if it's top three i want to know the other two and i want to know if it's third or if it's first he wants to know it now i, I want to entertain the idea that it could be second <laughs> it's not first another drug referencing movie fear and loathing in las vegas is in the top three because oh, it references one of my favorite authors of all time hunter s thompson right. his book becoming Reference a movie another hilariously funny him, movie right and another movie, yes, it was. It was based on his quasi-fictional yeah. account of his experience, which there was partially true, partially not. Also, another movie you could totally fall asleep during if you're not interested in the background or the author's life or the yeah. if you know more about the story. But I've another fantastic that. movie. And, yeah, the third one, I don't know if I have one ready for you. I mean, it's easy to default to, like, Star Wars, <laughs> which is clearly up there. But I'm not so sure I would. I might even put Mask up there. Nah, I don't know. Mask is in the top ten, but maybe not the top three. Not not the mask. I love Just that you don't, have don't, these don't things there. that look mask. like rankings, but they're not set rankings at all. <laughs> You're like, no. eh, this is probably it's very nebulous. This is definitely top three. This is definitely top three. And I don't know. There could be like five other things that are top three, which is just weird. Is someone else calling you during the map report? Seriously. Oh, yeah. And is it L.A.? The L.A. government. They want your fame. And you answer the phone. That's the most baffling part of it, that you then answer it. He has an answering machine. It's in working order. He still answers the phone. And it means he's just encouraging the behavior, you know? Like, he's just listening to it, and he's just like, if I, you know, just pick it up, you know? I don't, I mean, uh, full disclosure, I don't answer the phone about three-quarters of the time it rings. (laughs) I'm just not one to say, the phone's ringing, I'm beholden to answer it. So, you know, that's my perspective. I often just, you know, I'm not in the mood. But eh, I actually have. Report, I certainly wouldn't. I don't know if you have any friends like this story, but I have some friends where okay. they have they have this. They call at the exact. I don't know if listeners out there can relate to this. Do you have that one friend who always calls at exactly the wrong time, like clockwork? Like it, you could be just like, okay, I want to call them. You can't reach <laughs> them, and then the minute you pick right. up like three armloads of groceries, that's when it's like ding 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 ding, ring 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 ring, and it's like you know there's Bob Stevens or whoever it is that's like ringing for you. It's amazing. I have a couple friends like that who just they always call at the worst conceivable time, like guaranteed. You know, like I all of a sudden my my basement is flooding. Here comes the friend who calls. You know. And I think my body has rejected this because whenever I pick up the phone and this person is on, I immediately start wailing, crying, and throwing up at the same time. So. <laughs> what would that sound like, Russ? I'm sure you ring, do. ring, ring. Hi, Russ. I don't yeah. know. Because they're just like, uh, oh, look, I'm in the middle of a MEP report. Hi, Russ. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then they're like, yeah. so is this a good time? I muted myself. I should have just let that go on the I know, show. Seriously. Instead of doing it after the fact anyway, which makes no sense. And then explaining it. Right. The worst possible. Yeah. So see what when happened there. Bad. That joke was. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just, and it's weird and then, because, um, you know, I don't know. It's like a reverse universe. they hang out? It's like an unimportant universal karma. Like, you know how people talk about there are things that happen and there's a rhythm to the universe and it was meant to happen. This is like one of those minor things. Mean, it's like this person is meant to call you, night. but it's irrelevant. Yes, like what we talked about last night. Yes. But it's like this one's <laughs> irrelevant. Some people like us last night talk about things like this and I'll reference them generally. Right. But this yeah. is like an irrelevant part Sorry. of that. Like there this is go. what we talked about last night, but it's the irrelevant part. It's like, you ever notice that whenever you want like fish and chips, there's always coleslaw on the right side of the pickle? You know, like it's an irrelevant rhythm like that. Like no one cares, but it exists as a as a state of being. It's like one of those skills that you could have that's like in a really incredible feat, but it does absolutely it has no, no impact exactly. Or it's like <laughs> totally totally useless and doesn't pay anything. Like there was this time. I remember the first time I discovered this concept was something in. Uh, I was in a grocery store that you know accepted. In it was in Oregon, and Oregon has a five cent deposit on recycling recyclable items. And I was in this grocery store, you know, turning in some cans and bottles, and this guy was just absolutely phenomenal at sorting these cans and bottles in, like, two seconds flat, and just chucked them, like, he he was sitting there in front of, like, 30 different classifications of, like, green glass, and crushed cans, and uncrushed cans, and whatever else, and he just had a bag, and almost blind, he was just picking them up and flinging them all in the exact right place, <laughs> and it was absolutely amazing, it was mesmerizing to watch. And had and zero impact. for, like, 30 <laughs> seconds after that, and I was like, this is the worst luck in the world. <laughs> this is this guy's calling and talent yep, yep. to do a minimum wage job yep. exceedingly efficiently. It's so true. And it's probably a job that could easily be replaced by a machine. He does it lickety-split, but, like, a machine could do it for cheaper. He gets minimum wage. No one is here to watch him except me who, like, you know, happens to hang out and watch him and is amazed by this. This is terrible. It's like, like he's amazing at it. He's like a world-class athlete of bottle sorting. Right. This poor exactly. guy. Exactly. It's like it a low-stakes man versus machine showdown, you know? It's like in Kasparov face deep blue <laughs> to see who would win man versus machine. It's like the machine versus Joe from the store. Who will sort more clearly and better? Who will win the championship? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That kind of yeah. stuff happens but all the time. it's really amazing if you're a human and can do that. And then really tragic. I knew a guy of no avail. who was a, and I'm not sure how to, you know, you'll, you guys will appreciate this uh, as, you know, Perg people or people who know Perg people. I knew a guy when I was working for ConPerg years ago who was like one of the great canvassers uh -huh. of all time. All time. And the thing about him was that at, right. he, was, he was actually a friend of mine. Lack but actually pay well is the thing. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah, he made his whole living <laughs> off of it. Walking up to people and asking them for money the can come in handy. I guess. That no, but, be used but it was life. only for these Marshable causes, skill. though. <laughs> it was only for these causes, though, because, like, he was kind of a crotchety guy otherwise. Like, like personally, he was kind of a guy that people are like, eh. But somehow you put a clipboard in his hand, and he was just relentless. He just somehow managed to constantly get money from people, and it was like, this is very useful, Did but not really. to sites? Did he? He just had this sort of like, attitude. Dude, like people would be like, he'd be like, well, I'd like you to, you know, sign up for this bottle bill. And they're like, well, we don't really want to do that. He's like, well, you know, I really think you should because, you know, if you don't, you know, this, that and the other. And they were like, well, I don't really think so. And he's like, well, because, you know, I don't. And he never he was never like for some reason they never got annoyed he with just him. Persistent. He was just relentless. Yeah. But for some right. reason he didn't annoy he them. Sounds annoying. Like they got done at the end of it and they more, were like, more useless wow. Skills. I would be annoyed. You're, yeah, exactly. Persistence, not for you. Yeah. I agree. More useless. It was a useless skill, but very impressive nonetheless. I think Russ was being sarcastic, but that's cool. <laughs> Wait a minute. You mean this guy can walk up to anyone skill. he wants, get them to and write a money check from them to eventually? any organization that he wants? <laughs> Just make it out to me. I'm going to stop all this stuff. Well, no, see, I don't think it worked that way. Right that's now. why it's useless. But, no, look, uh, give me $1,000. And I'll leave. Well, I don't really think You'll I should. Look, has anyone else come to you at your door and asked you for $1,000? No. Obviously, it's very important that I come here and do this, and you need to give me this money right now. Because I have a car, and I want a better oh, car. All right. And if I don't have a Your better car, I'm going to drive England. it into people. Right. <laughs> All right. Have a thousand dollars. Oh, fine. Thank you so much. Here's fine. a brochure about me and my new car. Thank you. But the thing I hope is, you though, enjoy that looking at me and my new car. I don't think the skill transferred. You to this, 
Every month, we'll send you a picture of me in my new car, <laughs> cruising down the freeways of California, <gasps> over the overhangs with no guardrails in Colorado. Today, <laughs> I drove on the 405. I let it out to 110 miles an hour. The wind flew through my hair. Love this is me stuffing way too many guy. ugly stuffed animals in the back of the car for the people behind me to look at. <laughs> this is when I took up my kid and took him a ride for the car. It was just fun canvassing your neighborhood. I have bought six automobiles. Here are the rankings for each of those automobiles based on performance and the looks and how many women I Miles picked up driven. in each one. Exactly, women picked up. Corvette, B minus. Hummer, B plus. Ferrari, Limousine, A minus. A minus. And like this summer, we're 46% on the way to our goal of getting me an Aston Martin convertible. <laughs> You can help now. And but see, the thing is that, like, yeah. the thing is that, like, I don't think it transferred to him personally. I think he was limited to, like, environmental organizations. That's right. why it was, and it's only useless because, you know, at the so, time, the perk stuff the was kind of useless. Yeah, with the percentages you make, you can, you can do just fine if you're a top-notch canvasser. And I feel like almost every canvas office, if you want some little insight into perk that I have from having, like, 18 friends oh, who have I think I know what you're going to say. Which is literally true. Like, every single canvas say. office has, like, a pocket person. And, you know, without going too far with this, there is almost always, it is almost always a female. It's almost always a female. And they have this pocket person who just makes, like, $9 million every night, who just goes out and makes $9 million, and they're just the one person, and they, like, carry the office. Like, Perg as an true. organization would collapse in its fundraising without these people, and uh, there's there's no more than one. That's true, but he wasn't he was male, unfortunately. What did you think? Otherwise, yeah. the theory is correct. I thought you were going to say that <laughs> it is secretly every always. Perg's public mission mm -hmm. to take the most talented canvassers and promote them up the chain so they make less and less money. Because oh, that's they, also at the, true. Le yeah. the least they level of responsibility family. is the yeah. pure full-time mm -hmm. canvasser who makes crazy amounts of money. Oh, yeah. As soon right. as you become like assistant director, all of a sudden mm -hmm. you do less canvassing. Canvassing you do, you don't even make money for anymore. You just have a set crappy right. salary. And then they just well, you promote almost you to do more work for less money. You do right. it. More work, less more money. work yeah. after yeah. after oh, yeah. work. You like absolutely your, your go home time doubles. I became a and field manager. You and the same thing happened. Yep. And then yep. if you become a director, and it's even more, you uh, work you even harder for even less yeah. money and less ambition. <laughs> no, and then totally. yeah, and then no, this happened to Emily. This was absolutely Emily's progression with Perk. But that wasn't what I was going to talk about. I was going to talk about the I guess less interesting fact that there are just these people, <laughs> and it's not that are good. It's not always. That are really good, and and there's one per office, and they're not always female, you know, in that case, Greg's story, not always female, but they tend to be female, and they're just, and it's inexplicable, like, you would think after that that they would be, like, exceptionally attractive people, exactly. not always exactly. the case, sometimes, he was, but he not wasn't always, even that nice a guy. not always exceptionally attractive, you'd <laughs> think they'd good. be, like, amazing debaters, exactly. which I feel like I could recognize someone who's just innately persuasive, not really, not necessarily, you'd think they might be really pushy people if they didn't have those two attributes. Yep. Not often. Not often. They're just. No, they just. You know what it is? Have that skill of this getting people like to give money. This is like the TV quality. They're just like she just has it, and it's just some look. Yeah. That people it. will look at you and say you're Something clearly someone it. I need to give money to. Yep. There is seriously a look right. that people it's can true. have. That you look at them and you want to give them money. Yeah, it's true. Normally, these people yeah. are strippers. Occasionally, they work for Perk. <laughs> They're different. Uh, occasionally, it's they like get confused, and that leads to some really unfortunate down. things. They're like, like okay, point. if you want to sign that's up for true. the $15 level, that's fine. But if you want, I'll strip if you give me right. the $25 level. Yep. Okay, you can just put the yeah, extra fives down my do shorts. strip for Perk. That's very <laughs> Socially rare, conscious. And they don't keep that job very Socially conscious strippers work for perks. <laughs> Ones who aren't that don't care there that much. Hey, and there's some. Strippers. Let me just say, there are some attractive women that work for perks. So there were some women that were, that would have been just fine with me. There are some attractive uh, canvassers that we had. No question about I, it. I think you're going to be able to sell me on this argument. Let me think. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, you will. He married one. I married one. <laughs> well, yes, you uh, married her. a socially yes. conscious stripper. Fortunately, that's, I did not start by saying. Story. For example, story. Your extremely <laughs> attractive wife, Emily. Oh, and awkward. That, <laughs> yeah, well, that's good. I'm glad you waited for I'm me. I'm glad to fill you brought it up. In. I'm glad that's actually. I'm really glad that you did that. that uh, I like what you did there. That actually does make me. Feel do you know what? Do you know what? Speaking of attractive <laughs> women, do you know what my wife uh, did when she was in terms of the canvassing thing? She actually sold knives. She was one of those people that sold, you know, the, the cut oh, knives, Cutco. Cutco? She sold for Please Cutco. Please tell me it was Cutco. It was Cutco. Oh, my 
god! She sold for Cutco. Because as many people as I know who have done Perg, did Cutco? Is almost as many people as I know who have no, who have gone to the one-day introduction. To oh, Cutco I did that too. And I totally did that too. I just didn't do the, the job. Yep. Yep. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't do it, but they were all like, you know, because all of their ads, the way that Cutco hooks you and gets you in is to put the most like ridiculous, bizarre job advertisement that's just that's intriguing true. enough yep. that gets people who are desperate and summer job people like totally hooked. Yep. It's like you could go exciting places, meet exciting people, do interesting things and make <laughs> buckets of money. And you're like. Who who isn't gonna do this? And then they get there and they're like, yeah, uh, up front you have to spend two thousand dollars buying our knives, and then you work your ass off the rest of the summer trying desperately to break even <laughs> on the entire summer's work. More or less, selling off that's that more or less accurate. Knives. It's true. It's more and or less accurate. You sound like a Ginzu knife commercial, except our knives are not nearly as cool as those. And it's what's not so, a chance. What's so they, funny they, about you that? Can't cut buy the knives. Uh, they do. First, well, the yes. thing with Clea, your demo, your demo knife, your demo knife, your demo knife. Oh my it is the God. biggest scam. In America, but the Cut thing is with Clea, oh my of approval, God. biggest scam in America. It's true, but like Absolutely. ten years later, you, you go into like Clea's family's home, like when I met like a lot of her family members, and you go to their kitchens, <laughs> and on like on every like, kitchen counter is a Cutco block, and a Cutco. Knives. It's so true. Like I saw some people no, who had a regular block of knives, and then a Cutco block of knives. I'm like, why do you have this? Well, Clea was selling them at the time. Like Clea was a success because it's all of her family was true. like, okay, Clea's really she's sweet. Yep. We love her. We'll buy another set of knives it was it's exactly exactly way. no the whole scam is that you then have to spend the rest of your summer going and hitting up your family exactly. and your friends and <laughs> your soon-to-be former friends and saying i'm about to become destitute i owe four thousand one hundred and thirty two dollars <laughs> to the cutco corporation please please buy a knife so i know you use them you've i've seen you cut things before please no not my throat no please <laughs> exactly. use the knives yeah please buy Speaking of which, and everyone think, is like, okay, yep, fine. Exactly. For, I'll for buy a company, freaking knife. For a company that's scamming people in these ways, you wouldn't think it'd be the brightest <laughs> idea in the world to be handing out deadly <laughs> weapons to all the people that you're scamming. You're like, okay, first you give us two thousand dollars, then we're gonna Have give a deadly you this suitcase full of harmless sponges, <laughs> and hopefully the sp and if you don't sell the sponges, feel free to try to attack us with them. No, we're gonna give you knives, and if you hate us, we'll probably be bleeding out of new orifices in our body. Well, no, the right. other thing okay. they do is, Cutco, and this happened when I went for the one day, and I saw through it, which is why I didn't go back but they all tell you too like when you go through the thing they're you know they have you do some stupid little exercise like all right come up and tell me your name and make me think that you're a good guy so i was like my name's greg blah 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 and they're like great and they're like you know greg we think that you've got real potential so like they totally you know just sucker you up you know, like butter you up you're, oh you you really you know i've seen some quality knife sellers in my day but you've really got what it takes you're you've got the you've Look got the power of it. yeah you've you're pretty sharp there you know <laughs> sorry about the pun but anyway um yeah and it's totally uh, like this, this you know? so this so reminds me of the summer that I worked for Omega Nuclear Warheads. Same story. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. Oh. Fifteen million dollars, but there are lots of ex-Soviets and terrorists who really will buy them. And you just have to be personable, and you'll totally recoup all your money. You, you're great. You walk into the room and you just radiate. Uh. You know, selling. It's just amazing. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. And boom. Uh, I'll give you a story. Interesting and boom. people. Yeah. It's You'll a good so thick. Good into yeah. the black market. If you like drugs, yes, the people who will buy your nuclear <laughs> warheads can sell you drugs. Can you it's imagine? Great. This reminds me. Do you remember, Russ, when I was between jobs and I uh, applied for that job for a brief period of time, interviewed, actually got offered and then didn't go to the job that the was casino? billed in the listing as play poker for money, we'll play you. I yeah. remember this, too. We'll pay you to I play remember poker. you telling exactly. us about this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for like 48 to 72 hours of my life, I thought I was going to be a professional poker player where I won money and then got paid on top of that to win money. A subsidized. really fun You're going to be like a, a weird Midwestern yeah. failure of a farmer who gets U.S. subsidies to pay for his craft exactly. farming. Exactly. Exactly. Well, explain so, the story. Like, explain what it was. Or well explain or what it actually right. was, because I remember. I, I, it was dealing. I mean, it was basically blackjack dealing. I mean, it wasn't dealing exactly. It was like being a supervisor at a blackjack table to keep an eye on it and make sure that they were paying out people correctly and to hold the chips. But then you could work your way up to this other game that some, it was like, 
it wasn't Pai Gao, but it was some sort of Chinese or, or a, vaguely Asian game that they have in these casinos that's really convoluted and really has a lot of strategy to it. And in that, if you worked your way up to that and like showing that you were reliable and didn't run off with the money and whatever, then you got to make the strategy decisions for the house because it's a game where like the house is playing as an, and is an entity. And it's an incredibly high stakes game. I mean, the amount of chips that you're holding on to in that, it's like you're holding on to like 20,000 chips at a time uh -huh. and making strategy decisions. And so it actually did intrigue me. Part of the problem was like, I mean, there were all kinds of problems with it. A, it was me working at a casino for the house. B, you and had I to really wear a visor. sat down and thought about that <laughs> You had to wear a visor. And, that and was I was hug. like, no... I really yeah. don't want to be doing that. And then there were, like, just stupid things in it that, like, I would have to spend the first six months working in a casino where there was smoking, and I wasn't really they excited about that. They only served bratwurst for meals. And Every meal was bratwurst. Right. No. They mandated Not <laughs> sit there watching you eat bratwurst. I had to cut off people's fingers when they didn't pay. No, Dude, no. I didn't eat them. That's what I, I thought like, the game was going to be. When you were, like, an Asian game, I'm like, yeah. you mean being dishonored and cutting off your own finger? Because right. that's the high-stakes it, game. It's pretty much that. Right, it's no. the Harry okay. Curry poker. <laughs> This is Harry Carey, yeah. Yeah, but that actual part of it, the, strate the strategic uh, playing of that game, was actually uh, kind of intriguing to me. But I ended up saying, I'm not going to work for the house. I'm not going to go from counseling emotionally disturbed kids in a group home to, <laughs> to counseling emotionally disturbed adults. Casino, it fits people. to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They all show up there. But you can see that money. later yeah. in life. Yeah. yeah. Right, As exactly. They grew up exactly. and came to the casino. It's the before after picture. Exactly. Yeah. And before after picture, time. totally. Remember how I counseled you to make decisions so you didn't end up here? Well, now that you're here. Good job. Pay up. <laughs> All right. You are the judge, That's jury, and executioner. Idea. That's awesome. There you go. You do yeah. everything. No. Uh. Exactly. Yeah. And then later <laughs> I'd come back to their later life and pull the switch on the on the death penalty. That would be exactly. Things really You're just went like south. the ghost of Christmas yep, past for all these people. You just show up at every <laughs> exactly. point. In I'm life. all the ghosts. I'm the ghost of Christmas <laughs> past, right. present, and future. Yeah. Then I could talk to them at the casino about, remember when I told you not to do these things? What are you Look thinking? Look at your life now. In a few Fast years, forward. if you continue on this pace, I'm going to have to kill you. And then legally, he, by the state. Then he shows them, like, me. a slot yeah. machine with a big, like, you know, abandon hope, all you who enter here. And they're just like, ah, oh, is it my yeah, exactly. job? If Tell you me, three true skulls and crossbones, that's it. Exactly. That's it for you. You're done. High stakes poker. And then, yeah. <laughs> I often wondered about that, by the way. The the setups that people used to have, or they used to talk about, you know, the saving the world. Like, you see these movies where it's save the world versus the alien race, some alien race, or save the world versus evil. What would it be like if you had an opportunity, if you had the chance to get rid of evil for all time, and it was like, but... Enemy mine. No, not like enemy mine, although that's definitely a movie that we talked about before. But let's say that you're in a situation where... Big Lebowski. You could get rid of evil forever. Definitely the Big right? Lebowski. And the only way to get rid of evil forever is to play it in one high-stakes poker game. If you lose, evil takes over the world forever. But if you win, no more evil ever in the world ever. It just ends. Now, this I, is like that song yeah. where Johnny plays a fiddle against the devil. The devil goes like, down to Georgia, right. Fiddle or, yeah. so or he loses it. Like, Georgia. Story went no, out. it's called Johnny and the Fiddle. Story thing. went down That's to poker. He was looking for some chips <laughs> to steal. <laughs> down, down, down. But no, seriously. No, those are much too specific, those lyrics. What? It's called Johnny and the Fiddle thing, and he's like, I'm going to... Johnny had a fiddle, fiddle thing. Or something. It was an interesting thing. And, and there was like a bass player. And sometimes. He couldn't read I the notes correctly when. or this something. This is great, guys. No yeah. wonder it was a and big then hit. the devil yeah. was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the devil was the like, yeah. Version. But look, probably the devil was disinterested and ambivalent. Yeah, exactly. The devil was fiddle, like, I yeah. Was like, all right, whatever. They had really good food down there. I definitely and remember the, devil the food was, was like, great. Yeah. And there's something about a musical performance. <laughs> I don't know. But look. Suffice to say it was hell. As two good poker players yourselves, <laughs> would you guys not consider that offer? Like, you could not take up the offer and it would just leave the world as Please. it is. Please. But former good poker player. Well, I am a former yeah. good poker player. But story, player. if someone came to you and said, if you win this poker game, then <laughs> evil is gone in the world, wouldn't you consider taking up that offer? But what if you lose, Greg? Well, then all, Greg, evil takes lose, over the world. Happens? We need stakes. Evil takes over the world. It's not like forever. zero or you win. No, no, evil okay, takes over the world. Ready? Either nothing will happen yeah. or you'll save the world. Do you want to play? Yeah, I guess I'll play. Yeah, exactly. No, no. This is like, <laughs> this is like my job that offered me a life insurance policy. For no money whatsoever. They're like, if you sign up, you get a $10,000 life insurance policy. And I was like, does it cost anything? They're like, no. And I was like, so basically, I'm an idiot if I don't do this. And they're like, yeah, you could look at it that way. I mean, I was like, so $10,000 free dollars in case of tragedy or 
Or nothing. Or I didn't sign up and I was stupid. No, but the stakes here uh, is that okay. evil would take over the world. Why would I not If you lose, this? evil takes over the world. So you cannot take it, right. and it just stays okay. it as it so is, it is with well, good yeah. and evil so balancing. Well, okay. Yeah, so we have this, we still, I'm still seeing the status quo. No, no, right? no, 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 you're not listening, you're not listening. Then evil takes over No, you're not listening. Either we have the world as it is now... I Either we have the world as it is now, there. where you okay. know there's some good, there's some evil, there a lot of people do bad things, but there's some uh -huh. people do good things, or whatever. A scenario where or, George Bush rules the world. Some no, 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 worse. Frat boy worse. Runs worse. the entire worse. planet. Oh, okay. Where George Bush becomes the, the world leader for every planet. Older brother. Every government is owned by George Bush, and everyone Jeff fires Bush, off nuclear weapons. 2012. Each other. Yeah. Yeah. No. 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 I'm saying like evil time, like the, what we have now, but like 20 times worse, or all of it's gone and it's all good. So you can either leave the status quo by not playing at all, my response or you know that I'm totally taking this game. Of course you are. Like That's why I set no you up. Yes, about of course, it. yes. I'm not a risk-averse person. I mean, who and am I'm I totally playing? willing. I don't know, like oh, Satan. And what are we playing? Poker. Texas Hold'em. Well, he's had poker. Texas Hold'em. Heads up. No. Texas heads up. Hold but Texas Hold'em heads up. Well, well, I can set the stakes. No, no, I'll, no I'll take that back. I'll take that back. It's, so it's a, it's a one table. It's a Who one table playing? turn. Playing You're Dan playing Harrington the following people. I'm not doing that. You ready? Uh, we'll set this up, okay? Okay. So they'll introduce you. They bring people John out. Malkovich. It's called the... In a weird Russian player. character is one of them. It's called the Moral Series of Poker, okay? So as they come out, you're playing Genghis Khan. Scott Loveglass. Satan. Satan. Scott Loveglass. Um... <laughs> The entire lineup of the 1976 Philadelphia Flyers. Um, Making decisions and talking about Lizzie it at the same time because that would Lizzie be Borden? really easy. Lizzie Borden. To read. Paul Pot. And Bluebeard too, or Blackbeard. Um, right. No, because Story likes pirates. Um, Mao Zedong. And Tom Petty. So basically what you're saying is that you play against this field and whoever of these eight people wins, they get to rule the world. And if it's you, you get to rule the world. No, no, but it's not ruling. eight horrible scenarios. No, no, it's not ruling. It's basically like it's if any of the, if eight, any of of the eight win, terrible. Well, you just think about it. If Pol Pot rule That's wins, if Pol Pot wins 11 chance. or like That's Tom Petty good. wins, both of those are really bad situations, right? Like if, if like, you know, no, Tom Petty would rock. How about Britney Spears? Tom Petty is one of my like top five nominees for Dictator for Britney Life Spears. of the world. Are you out of your mind? Tom Petty would be awesome. As, can you imagine? He won't back down. As, as uh, exactly. He'll stand his ground. <laughs> Russ oh, goes all in. Be turned around. <laughs> Tom Petty has a cool album thing. Yeah. I, Craig, what kind of crazy scenario is this where seven times the world ends and one time you get to do good stuff? How is this a good... Why is this good? Do you think you could... Get it. I don't think... I mean, the 50-50 was bad enough. Not. Couldn't you beat the others? Like 50-50, yeah. okay. Don't you think you could I've beat the others? I've got a shot. I mean, it's poker. We played on the internet to really know good. that eight crippled eight-year-olds have just as good a chance of beating me as Mao Zedong and Lizzie Borden and the Philadelphia Flyers. <laughs> like, I've played on the internet. I know what goes on. It's poker. You could beat Among the Philadelphia the Flyers. Let's be honest here. I would I'm much rather do it in chess than, than poker. If Satan existed, he would be really good at poker. And that would be bothersome. That would scare me. He would get trip sixes like every hand. You'd have to wait to draw exactly. straight and to even put in money yeah. against Satan. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> So, Heads up versus Satan, I still probably wouldn't do well, it. Well, what about this? What if I changed it okay. slightly? Heads up, I would Plus, totally do it. How intimidating would that be, to play the devil? I mean, come on. That's intimidating. That's Not crazy. at all. I'd be like, A, I don't believe no. in you, so you're clearly some guy in a suit. Well. B, I, you know. <laughs> he looks at you and starts singing, it's a small world <laughs> after all. Oh, no. Yeah, exactly. It is oh, Satan. God. But okay, what if I changed it slightly? It, oh, it is Satan. What every person that you... I'm on psychedelic uh, drugs, so there are exactly. no stakes because I'm hallucinating all of this, so who cares what happens? Okay. Right. <laughs> so that's, that's the number two thing. It doesn't matter. Life doesn't exist. And C, like, I totally could whoop Satan's ass. That's what I was going to say. In real life. IRL. So what happened... I whoop Satan's ass. So what would happen then if I said that every guy you beat reduced the evil in the world somewhat? So, like, you start out, like, if you lose, if you come in last at this oh, table, could, there's, oh. like, just, a, there's oh, more evil fine. than before. But if you that could come in, like, fine. the top four, then there's somewhat less evil. You see what I'm saying? Like, so anywhere from five oh, down. Yeah. In other words, you can make the money. Yes, So basically exactly. what you're saying the right. story is, would you like Thank to play a one-table sit-and-go to save the world? Against yes. the evil. favorite thing yes, to do I in would. the world. Bingo. The answer is yes. <laughs> Obviously, yes. yes. Please. Yes, please. Do I love one-table sit-and-goes? Good lord. All right, Story, I got one for <laughs> yes, you. indeed. What if it were I mean, that, or you were playing chance. a three-point shooting contest versus these people? Like, one-on-one. There on is one. a small Enough chance. Enough of the hypotheticals. 
Yeah. Jesus now, Christ. There's a small chance. Emily, turn off the map report for five minutes and then turn back on. There is a small chance that I would play a one-table sit-and-go with all of the money that I have accumulated in my life. <laughs> Just straight up. I, w I might do that. I would think about doing that very awesome. seriously. I love the one-table sit-and-go. I feel very confident in the one-table sit-and-go. Let me ask you a question. That is, that what is if what you I did, did that? Yes. And then you finished third, and you just got a refund, and then you'd put your entire life no, on the line. No, you get more than happened. a refund. You get like 130 <laughs> percent. First of all, if oh, that okay. would happen, the relief you would feel would be amazing. That's true. And second of Whew. all, you would get a little. That was really stupid. Why but did yeah, I do that? Because immediately <laughs> upon signing over. up, you'd be like, "Oh God, <laughs> what am I doing?" And to get to third, I mean, you would start. I would probably dance on the table. Once I got the thing. Imagine stories looking like, at aces. He's like, I don't know if I should play this. Ruined. Oh, no. My life is not ruined. Yay. Dance jig. Dance you know, jig. this actually, this happened, um, I think, last year or two years ago. Um, there was a guy who cashed in every single piece of value that he had in his life. He, you know, liquidated all of his assets. He put together about 70-something thousand dollars. And then he went to a casino and put it all on black. And? This yeah, happened. 50-50. He, he won. won. Of course he, he won. Up. And then and he then went home. The problem is, is then he <laughs> took all of that, and then he's like, now I'll no, put no, the yeah. whole total on red, and ah! Yeah. yeah. Now that's what you do. His that's mind snapped, and he put it all on green, and he didn't win. He's like, what? That was a great yeah, exactly. thinking outside the box. He won, and he totally hedged his bet because he got so much promotion for the casino that basically by the right. time everyone was ready to watch this guy roll for his life, he had garnered enough attention that they were totally willing to just give him his money back if he lost. So <laughs> That's kind of, that guy kind of won in every possible way. This is That's sort of like the story of Job in the Bible, you know. I mean, Job sort of, you know, he lost all his goods. Then he was given goods and a half back. He yeah. lost all their goods. Well, Job God did. said, you must gamble now, straight up. And Job's like, all right. Job's like, all right, I'm all in. What does that have to do with Job at all? Job's like, I'm all in. What are you talking about? Yeah. I'm not seeing Job, it. like, declined slowly over the longest and most painful process of anyone in recorded history. We're talking about someone who in five seconds could have lost everything. Job, it was like, and then another horrible thing. And then, and then, and then for 20 years. Right, but That's then he the got all of his goods and like a half back. He made, though, he made Greg. the money. So My favorite talking? part was yeah. where you were trying to... You were linking it to the previous discussion, and I was like, wait, who lost everything? And you're like, Job did. And I'm like, but Job, what? Just, <laughs> it's supposed to be based on something else. That's the problem. No, this is like Job, because Job lost everything and had a horrible time. Like like who? Like Job? Look, you got to oh. understand, you only have to take a look at, you only can look at one part of the link at a time. If you look at them all at the same time, it doesn't work, okay? It just links to some point, you know? Okay. Like, if I then say Job Fair, then it's a web page. and say that it links, you have to just say, okay, Job Fair, and connect Job and Job. You can't ask me what because the hell it Job? has to do with it, right? Okay. That's all. Just be careful. <laughs> right. I think so. everyone should call their fair. jobs jobs from now on. Terrible. That, that should be mandatory. I got Although, I think I've told this... Oh, the job fair at least religious painful. people. Yeah. Religious people should have to do that. They should have to say job every time they use the word job. Job. But that's a big slur against the their I'd job, like a job. Right? It's in the Bible. Because job was like pain and suffering <laughs> What's my all job the time. Security? So if they call their job job, their boss could be like, I'm going to fire you. I think I've actually you told this story like before. Working. I think you guys, I've, I haven't told it on the MEP report, it. but I've told it to you guys that Job, the story of Job is, is people based, a lot of people will know if they've, if they've heard this, read the Bible, they, they will have known about this. That, it was written by Greg. Uh, yeah, exactly. I wrote it, right, yes. But in ancient times. known as Job. Right. <laughs> or so rogue, what happened was, yeah. so God and Satan basically had a bet. This is actually why I thought of it, because it, it really started with a bet between God and Satan. Oh, that's true. And so... There was, I forgot about yeah. that aspect. Touché. And so okay. Satan said, okay, I bet that I can convince your most loyal adherent, you know, the most devout person that you know, that, you know, to sort of give themselves to me and whatever. And I could basically tempt them to believe that you don't exist anymore and basically to despair in you. And God was like, no. And God was like, no way. And he's like, here, try Job. And so Satan takes, and then torches Satan him like, yeah, huh. and takes away all his stuff. And then stuff. God was like, And then God was like, no. And then Satan yeah. was like, <laughs> That's exactly right. So I think that's exactly how that was happened. a great story. And so that was one of my favorite biblical stories. <laughs> that was that was the unexpurgated version. So then Satan. And then three days later, he had recovered, and they came back to the. Bed. And they did it again. Satan like takes away all his goods, whatever he torches him, does all this stuff, and like Job refuses mm -hmm. to despair. 
And the interesting thing is the way that the story is supposed to, is theoretically supposedly ends is that Job asks God, why have you done all this to me? Why have you allowed this to be done to me? And basically God gives him a big, because, I, because I'm God. He says, where were you when I created the universe? Where were you when I created the heavens and the earth and the creatures and everything else? And Job's like, uh, well, I wasn't here. And God's like, that's why I get to do what I want. Now, in the story that everyone reads in the Bible, after this happens, Job gets all of his goods plus half. Like, he gets 150% of his goods back and everything's restored to him. But the interesting they third in the sit and go. That's right. But the interesting thing <laughs> is that in the actual story, that that latter part that I just mentioned about him getting his goods back, that's actually scholars have found is written in a version of Sanskrit, which is about 500 years later from the rest of the story. The story originally ended with God basically saying, "Where were you when the universe was created?" And Job said, uh, "And God says, I can do it because I said so." Essentially, and that's where the original story ended. So the theory is that the reason they yeah. did it this way is because they knew that they could get it. The only way they so could get God it into the Bible. Like a exactly. Bitch. Exactly. So the only yeah. way they could get in the Bible <laughs> is by doing it this way. Yeah. Which I always thought yeah. was really interesting. That's our Bible report for yeah. today. God is, God is a big crybaby. He's a six-year-old <laughs> yeah, playing with I'm not saying that. If, <laughs> yeah. uh, if I thought that God had anything to do with the Bible, especially the Old Testament, but probably both Testaments, I'd have nothing to do with God. <laughs> It's a good thing God's nothing like that. I see. Or as we call him, Goat. Yet. Goat. <laughs> I'd like some Job security. Oh. The, well, that's oh, exactly Goat. Job training. You prankster. Oh, <laughs> yeah, but it's true. But that's a case where Satan, you know, called God's bluff, or and it wasn't a bluff, and God ended up winning. So God did have the he had the nuts. He had the rockets. Yeah, an idiot, yeah. faithful person <laughs> who went through hell for no reason. Well, he restored him 150% of his goods, if you believe the later story. No, but that's not. Yeah, he didn't do a damn thing. He's just like, whatever, I created you. You're my puppet. I am Goad. You are a job. I jobbed you. He jobbed him. He totally jobbed him. That was awesome. Why is every O of all O now? got jobbed. Oh, God. Fantastic. <laughs> Does that mean we don't? The last five minutes of episode 45 will be covered by Story doing his impression of the evil I got icon. you. I got you. All right. Well, oh, I do have one thing. This before we sign off, I should say uh, we want to thank everyone who voted for us in podcast peers because um, we we looks like we're going to get nominated. Um, although after listening to the map thing, you may actually go back and vote against us. But please don't. Um, we want to thank you for doing that and um, check out our website, do all that stuff, and thank you for listening. And um, yeah, say good map, everybody. The proceeding was a presentation of the MEP Report, hosted at www.mepreport.com. All rights reserved. In no way should any part of this show be construed as an invitation to buy, sell, or trade flightless birds, or reassemble Voltron. Or at least not the stupid one of the cars. Please support the MEP Report by voting for the show at www.vitalpodcast.com, adding the show to your list of favorites at podcastpickle.com, and clicking on the Vote for MEP link on the MEP Report homepage to vote for us at podcastalley.com. Email us at Greg, Russ, Story, or Andy at MEPReport.com and call us and leave a voicemail or a fax at 206-600-MEP1. That's 206-600-6371. And finally, please join the fight to stop the senseless farming of emu glands. It's immoral, it's unethical, and frankly, it's just a little bit gross. Into my just another day away.